Hey friends, it's my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. I worked in corporate wellness for years and one of my favorite things that we did over there was we had like birthday celebrations, but we were in charge of bringing our own or our favorite dessert and sharing it with everyone. I loved that concept <laughs> because the reality is Except for your parents, like no one else is as excited about your birthday as you are. And so we might as well just celebrate it ourselves. So in honor of that, I wanted to celebrate it with you all by sharing with you 36 of my favorite food and body fact. And believe me, this list is extensive. So I narrowed it down for you to 36 and only 36. Guys, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be an episode you probably want to have a pen and paper ready for because if there's a little part of you that's like sort of sciencey, but you also like food, this is going to be fun. And you're going to want to remember some of these facts. So grab that pen and paper, grab your coffee, and we're going to dive into today's 36 fun food and body facts bonus episode. Hey girl, you are amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that. But I get it. I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I have spent the last decade working with women just like you who have struggled with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things. Body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body. Whether it's over or under eating, over exercising or not moving at all, moving from dieting to anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we are finally free to live in our own bodies. This podcast is just one of the many resources I have for you ladies. Be sure to head on over to JessBrownRD.com. Check out my ebook, e-course, supplements, meal plans. Guys, I've got so much more for you, and I'm adding to that list on the daily. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, and let's dive in to today's show. Hey friends, before we dive in, I just want to let you know that my Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations e-course is on sale this month. There were so many of you who have kind of been on the fence about it, but this is swimsuit season and we're all, everybody's looking for all the things. I want to lose weight. I want to feel better in my body. I want to be able to put on a swimsuit. So I just thought there would be no better time to offer a discount for you all. So I'm knocking $50 off, $50 off all the way through the end of July. All you have to do is enter summer steel exclamation point at checkout. That's S-U-M-M-E-R-S-T-E-A-L exclamation point, all caps, and you will get that $50 off. I'm having a blast working with all of you who are already enrolled, by the way. (laughs) I mean, it's just so, so cool to hear the stories. Like I had someone message me yesterday telling me how she had gone through her fourth weekend in a row where she didn't overeat. That was one of her main struggles is like, you know, she ate really rigidly during the week and then she overate on the weekends. And it was just this cycle of feel not great because I'm restricting and then 
feel so stuffed and crappy and then hating myself Monday morning. So to hear that she broke that cycle and that now she's, you know, just enjoying food seven days a week instead of over enjoying food two days a week. It's just really, really cool to hear. So keep those stories coming. And for those of you that have been on the fence about it, now is an awesome time. Okay, so 36 of my faves. I picked 36 because I'm turning 36. You probably figured that out. (laughs) Uh, So number one, I said this on my first episode, pineapple is high in manganese, which manganese is a mineral that is, plays a very vital role in our internal antioxidant uh, production system. So when I eat pineapple, what I think of is like I'm giving my body the fuel it needs to internally generate antioxidants. (laughs) Sign me up for that. (laughs) Number two is that protein dose does matter. I have a whole episode on protein and protein powders, but the dose does matter. So in general, I recommend getting a minimum of 20 grams of protein per meal. You're going to see amazing changes and feel so much energy when you do just that. Okay, number three, I want to talk about the power of our perception of food and how it actually can impact our physiological and hormonal response to food. So there was a study that was published a few years ago called Mind Over Milkshake. It has to be in my top five favorite studies of all time. But what they did is they had this group of people come in and test drinking a milkshake on two separate occasions. So the first time that they came in, they drank this shake that was labeled Sensi Shake, like all the taste without the waste. Um, It was labeled 160 calories. So they drank that, and then they measured their hunger hormone, their ghrelin levels, at 30 minutes, 60 minutes, and 90 minutes, and they tracked what it did. And then they had them come back in and do the same thing with another shake that was labeled as 640 calories decadence you deserve like this wonderful delicious chocolate shake and then they did the same thing they measured their ghrelin or hunger hormone levels and what they found and what they found is that their hunger hormone levels when they had like the low calorie shake they actually like went up just a little bit and then came back to where they were before so there was virtually no change in other words there was no satiety they didn't feel full. Their hunger hormones remained elevated as they were when they walked in and had the shake. With the other one, with the high calorie shake, they saw this like spike in hunger hormones and then this drop, this dramatic drop. And I equate that to like when you eat something really good, you know how you're like, ooh, give me some more. That was really good. And then 30 minutes later, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so full. I can't have another bite. Well, they saw that demonstrated in their physiological hormonal response to these two shakes. But here's the kicker, guys. Those shakes were only labeled differently. They were both exactly 340 calories. So in other words, they saw a statistically significant difference in hunger hormone changes based on the perception of how healthy they thought the shake was. (laughs) So this is why I think a lot of folks who are eating foods that they don't enjoy just because they're healthy and they're like forcing themselves to eat this, they feel hungry all the time. I mean, part of it might be because they need to eat more food. But the other part is, is because we physiologically don't feel and don't get a drop in our hunger hormone levels when we perceive something to be like uber healthy. Rather, when we give ourselves permission to just enjoy food, even if it's the same calorie level like it was in that shake, we can see a drop in our hunger hormone. 
So cool, right? Mind over milkshake. Google that study. It's really, really cool. Okay, so number four, I want to talk a little bit about omegas. Omega-3s are correlated with levels of depression. This is super interesting because they have found that in people with depression, levels of omega-3 have actually been found to be lower, and they have higher levels of omega-6 fatty acids. So omega-3s are going to be like your, your fish, your nuts, some of those polyunsaturated fats where omega-6s are going to be fats that are found primarily in animal products. So the higher the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s, the more likely we are to suffer from symptoms of depression. Countries with higher amounts of fish seem to have lower rates of depression. So for example, the Greenland Eskimos are virtually free of depression. They also have very little heart disease, even though they have a diet that is very, very high in dietary fat. Guys, this is one of the supplements I'm a big fan of. And of course, before you do anything with supplements, do make sure you talk with your physician or your dietitian. Taking omega-3s, there is a therapeutic effect. It can actually enhance the benefits from some antidepressants. If you are going to add this to your regimen, just to keep in the back of your mind, research on animals shows that these therapeutic effects of adding omega-3 supplements takes about 30 days to kick in. All right, moving on to number five. This one is about good old fruits and veggies. Guys, you know I'm a huge fan of fruits and veggies, but here is one of the reasons why. A 2011 study that was done on over 300,000 Europeans found that those who were eating eight servings of fruits and veggies a day had a 22% lower risk of fatal heart disease compared to those who ate less than three servings. Each daily serving was linked to a 4% lower risk. So I always say like wherever you're at, just up it from one. So if you're at one serving of fruits and veggies, up it to two. If you're at two, up it to three. But working up towards that eight to nine servings, guys, there's a huge payoff. Okay, let's talk a little bit for six through eight. I wanna talk a little bit about the B vitamins. B vitamins are some of my faves. They are the vitamins that are responsible for actually transitioning our food to fuel. So let's talk about B6 first because B6 rocks my high anxiety world. Your brain requires enzymes to convert single amino acids into neurotransmitters that impact your mood and how you feel during the day. Now these enzymes typically consist of three things, a protein, a coenzyme, which is going to be like B6, and a mineral like iron, copper, or magnesium. So B6 is used as an ingredient in all of the following converting tyrosine into norepinephrine, which helps with anxiety, converting L-DOPA into dopamine, which contributes to our feelings of pleasure, turning glutamic acid into GABA, GABA, one of my favorite neurotransmitters, because that's one of the calming ones. And then it also is, plays a role in the ingredients for turning tryptophan into serotonin, are also our calming and our happy hormone. So for those of you who struggle with anxiety or maybe some depression, we need some B6 in our lives. Now, going to my favorite fact number seven, let's look at the whole B complex. Because usually when you look at vitamins, you'll see B comes in a complex, not just like individually. And the reason for that is they tend to work together. So for example, all of those amazing benefits of B6, they actually have to be converted to the active form within your body and it's done with an enzyme that requires B2. (laughs) So if you take like an increased amount of B6 without taking enough B2, it can actually generate a B2 deficiency. So B vitamins work together and they do best when they come in a package. 
Number eight is on choline. So choline is an essential nutrient that is often lumped into this B complex, and we need it to produce something called acetylcholine, which plays a role in memory, concentration, focus, and high-order thought process. Guys, eggs are a awesome source of choline. So eat the yolk and work on that memory concentration and high-order thought process. Yeah, who doesn't want that? Number nine, to get adequate B vitamins, here are some tips. The only time supplementation is generally recommended is when you are beyond the age of 50. We start to lose our ability to absorb B12, so supplementing with about 50 micrograms of B12 beginning at age 50. And then eating adequate forms of folate from things like legumes, spinach, orange juice, and other fortified foods. You're going to see this in your foods as folic acid. Most vitamins, like multivitamins, contain folic acid. So if you're taking any of those, you probably get it. But I do have to say, cuidado, cuidado, caution. (laughs) If you're taking one of these and then taking an additional B vitamin, you're probably getting more than the recommended dose for folic acid. So do check. um, You don't really want to go beyond. 400 micrograms a day um, because that can mask a b12 deficiency (laughs) you can get enough b1 through b3 from grains b6 is best supplied through meat fish dairy products legumes and bananas but b12 is going to be the only one that comes from animal sources so as i mentioned that's going to be one to supplement with age and also if you are vegan and practicing an animal free diet so i was mentioning supplements and for number 10 i do want to say supplements you know i'm a fan of them i do think they can really help amplify our diet when our diet is providing adequate nutrition and if we're trying to correct an imbalance however supplements just don't replace food and this is one of my favorite facts about food because I just think it reminds us how beautifully and intricately food is made and how God designed it to work in our bodies. And even with the modern science we have today, we still can't isolate the benefits in a pill form. So there's a really famous diet called the DASH diet, and it's specifically researched to lower hypertension and to stop hypertension. Lots of research behind it. It works amazingly. Um, But what's interesting is this diet focuses on increasing foods that are high in calcium, magnesium, and potassium because we see that have a direct impact on blood pressure. They've done studies where they've compared people who follow this diet with the food the foods that are high in those micronutrients versus folks who just take the supplements. And the people who just take the supplements do not see the benefits and don't see the lower blood pressure results compared to those who just eat the food. So yes, supplements have a role, but they just don't ever, they don't replace just good old fashioned food. Number 11, on average, if you eat three to four servings of fruits and veggies a day, you get adequate vitamin C. Three to four servings. And then you don't have to take that vitamin C supplement because you're getting enough. Number 12, black rice is one of the most potent natural antioxidant foods on the market. Yes, black rice, it's a thing. If you haven't tried it, it's delicious if you make it with coconut milk. And sidebar, there is a difference between black rice and wild rice. Wild rice looks just like it, but it's totally confusing. But it's actually a grass, not a rice, and doesn't have the same <laughs> antioxidant component. So you're gonna, if you're going to look for black rice to try to boost your antioxidant intake, make sure you buy black rice, not wild rice. <laughs> okay, moving on to the I'm on number 14. 
I don't remember which one I said that one was, but on my list here, I'm on number 14. So um, number 14, you weigh a bit more when it's cloudy and rainy outside due to the change in barometric pressure. So just a reminder that that weight fluctuates often and frequently, even based on the weather. Number 15, fat cells are like rechargeable batteries. I think fat cells get such a bad rap. We think they're all bad, but in reality, they are designed to hold fuel for us and provide resources when we go through periods of starvation, which we do every single night, right? Like every time we sleep, there is a fasting period where we don't eat and our fat cells are designed to provide nutrition during those periods of time. So they're not all bad. Number 16, building off that, fat pads have strategically been placed within our body to cushion certain organs and hold certain parts of our bodies in place. So for example, our superior mesenteric artery has a small fat pad that prevents it from crushing our intestine. So I have seen this in people with anorexia that lose so much body fat, they lose that fat pad and it can actually crush the intestine causing an ischemic colon. So it can cause um, a blockage in the intestine. So that is not all bad. It is actually built within our bodies for a purpose and a really important purpose at that because yeah, I like my intestines to work all the way through. I don't know about you. (laughs) Number 17, your microbiome can actually read your body's needs. So for example, they have found a specific microbe within the gut that can read if the body is low in vitamin C and can generate it within our intestines. How crazy is that? The human body cannot build vitamin C endogenously. Like we have to eat it from food. Or we can just have that little bacteria in our gut that reads our vitamin C level and generates it for us. So take care of your little gut bugs. Number 18, iron absorption is super important, especially for you ladies. As female athletes, following exercise, the liver releases a hormone called hepcidin, which actually inhibits iron absorption. So consuming iron-based foods with vitamin C, things that like have that orange color like pumpkins, carrots, apricots, and away from things like coffee, wine, and calcium, we can increase our iron absorption. And that's important for us because we feel really, really tired when our iron's low. <laughs> and we have too much to do to feel tired. So um, yes, let's make sure we're getting adequate iron and checking that yearly at our physical, making sure we have adequate amounts and supplementing when needed. Number 19, I didn't know this until about five years into my dietetic career, but there's actually a measurement system for antioxidant capacity. It's called the ORAC value or the oxygen reducing absorbency capacity. This is so cool because I am a numbers junkie, but when I was recovering from my eating disorder, I had to find like other ways to channel my number junkiness. Number junkiness, is that a word? Junk, junkiness. We're gonna go, <laughs> my number obsession, there we go. <laughs> so I had to figure out other ways and this ORAC value was actually super helpful because I did count ORAC points for a period of time, but it was about getting a certain amount of points rather than restricting. So super cool way to look at food just a little bit differently is checking out its ORAC value. Number 20, another reminder why fat is not all bad. Vitamins A, D, E, and K are all what we call fat-soluble vitamins, meaning that they absorb better when taken with food, specifically fat. And if we don't have enough dietary fat within our diets, we actually don't absorb as much of these vitamins. Hmm, Power to the fat molecules. Moving right along to number 21, I want to touch on nitric oxide. This is a chemical 
in many pre-workouts that is known for increasing blood flow to your muscles via vasodilation. So in other words, it opens up your blood vessels so you can pump more blood flow to them. And it, a lot of people like the way it makes them feel. It makes them have a better workout. But this is actually generated from a couple of amino acids, arginine and cysteine. Oh, not cysteine, citrulline. <laughs> citrulline, not to be confused with cysteine or arginine. Can you guys, there will be a test after this. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so it's actually arginine and citrulline. And if you're taking a pre-workout, you'll probably see those specific amino acids in your pre-workout. But here's a fun fact. Watermelon contains tons of citrulline. So if you blend watermelon up, especially this time of year, because one, it tastes amazing, but it will also increase the bioavailability of that arginine and bump up your nitric oxide within your body for increased blood flow. Let's all blend watermelon before we work out. That sounds like a fun idea. What do you think? Number 22, changing your macro balance can change your metabolism and your energy. I think we put way too much emphasis on calories, and that really takes away from the power of balancing our plate and getting adequate carbs, adequate protein, adequate carbohydrates. Number 23, protein serves various purposes. I went over this in detail in my protein podcast, but there's things like collagen, which is anti-inflammatory, whey protein, which is fast digesting and awesome for post-workout, casein, which is slow digesting and promotes muscle recovery, even while you sleep. Like how cool is that? Sometimes I take this before bed and I will say I sleep really good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Each protein serves a different purpose, and it's important to know that um, when you are buying supplements. Number 24, not all yogurt contains added sugar. People ask me this all the time, like, or they say this to me. They say, Jess, I don't eat yogurt because it has too much sugar. Guys, lactose in yogurt is a naturally occurring sugar. So even if you get a, a yogurt and it has no added sugar, you'll still see sugar on the food label because it has lactose, just like fruit has fructose. So let's let go of that fear of yogurt and just enjoy it for what it naturally is. <laughs> Do you guys feel like you're in nutrition school right now? I mean, this is what we learn, and I've condensed it to 36 things here in like 30 minutes. <laughs> Hopefully you guys are still, are you still with me? I wish this is the kind of time where I'm like, I wish we were in person so I could say, who's still with me? And I do like make everyone get up in the middle of class and do some chaturanga flows, <laughs> like those yoga push-ups, you know, get our blood flowing. But I mean, this is super cool stuff. And this is the kind of stuff when we know this about food, it empowers us and it helps us to make food choices that build our bodies up and instead of like making food choices based on fear. Okay, number 24. No, sorry, number 25. We just did 24. Number 25, sugar is 50% glucose and 50% fructose. I love this fact because there's a lot of fear around sugar, but then suddenly we think honey's magically better, but high fructose corn syrup is the worst. Well, guys, each of these different sugars are just different ratios of glucose to fructose. So table sugar, like I said, is 50-50. Honey is actually 47% fructose, 38% glucose, and about 15% other sugars. High fructose corn syrup is what it is. It's a higher percentage of fructose. So it's 55% fructose and 45% glucose. Agave nectar is 75% fructose, so even higher than high fructose corn syrup. So all this to say is choose your sugar based on what you like and then just consume in you know moderation and in the forms that you like. I always say I save my sugar for my donuts and I prefer not to put it in my peanut butter. So finding places to um, intentionally put that sugar and choosing the ones that I like. I mean, I don't really like agave nectar, but I do prefer honey. So enjoy the one you like because it's really more about quantity than it is like the quality of sugar. Number 26, you have a genetic makeup. <laughs> 
Did you know that? <laughs> That's not the fun fact. Here's the fun fact. You also have an epigenetic makeup. These are the on-off switches that sit on top of your genes, and they impact how our genes are expressed. They've done so much cool research on this, but one of the studies I want to highlight is they found individuals who rode a bike for 45 minutes two times a week demonstrated a significant reduction in the gene that promotes weight gain. So yes, everyone has a genetic makeup, but really the daily actions we take can change whether or not those genes are uh, more dominantly expressed. Super cool, right? Like we always have the power of our actions and our choice. Number 27, one cup of blueberries has the antioxidant power to significantly boost concentration. I figured this out when I was researching um, supplements that help with concentration because I struggle with that. I don't know if you notice my like side rants I go off on these podcasts sometimes, <laughs> but I was like, what kind of supplements, you know, what am I missing? And then I came across uh, all this research on blueberries and supplementing with blueberry concentrate. Well, then I went further and found that all the supplements and the volumes that showed that significantly boosted concentration equated to just one cup of blueberries. So <laughs> I just have a cup of blueberries every day now in the morning. It's pretty awesome. Number 28, this is not fun, but it's helpful. <laughs> Alcohol can deplete glycogen stores by 50% after a night of imbibing. So not only do we feel icky sometimes after drinking, but it actually does deplete our storage of energy. So if we're trying to exercise the day after even just a few drinks, there is a good chance we are going to see it in our performance. Number 29, breaking down alcohol requires the enzyme alcohol dehydrogenase. Isn't that a fun word? Alcohol dehydrogenase. Everyone say that. Alcohol dehydrogenase. Now you can go into the bar and talk about this. You'll be the coolest person at the table, I promise. Um, alcohol dehydrogenase is what breaks down our alcohol intake but it uses up a lot of our B vitamins, which can lead to low energy and inability to process food efficiently after a night of drinking. So um, just something to consider that if you're feeling crappier when you drink alcohol, the older you get, it's because you don't have enough of that. Say it with me, alcohol dehydrogenase enzyme. Um, but also you're feeling icky because you, you're down on B vitamins, which we talked a little bit about those earlier. We need those for energy. Number 30, having avocado with your burger instead of cheese or in addition to cheese can decrease inflammatory markers in your gut from the high fat content that the meat usually elicits. So yeah, if you have the opportunity to add some sort of color, do it because we see that decrease in inflammation in your gut. Cool, huh? Number 31 is a little lesson from nature. So when a bear is in hibernation and he gets out of hibernation, he tends to eat things like salmon, nuts, and seeds. Well, this also serves us as humans because if we go through a period where we have a low intake or like we've tried a diet and tried to restrict our bodies, we too see a decrease in metabolism and go into like this hibernative state. So what's really cool though is what can boost our metabolism are the same nutrients that are found in salmon, nuts, and seeds, which are going to be selenium, iodine, and zinc. These nutrients help actually transition an inactive thyroid to the inactive thyroid hormones to the active ones, which boosts our metabolism again. So yeah, a little lesson from bears in nature there. Number 32, speaking of underfueling, Underfueling is just as, if not more dangerous than overfueling. There is so much in our culture about the dangers of overeating, but I have seen more immediate and acute devastation from underfeeding than I ever have from overfeeding. We see this when women lose their periods. 
and as a result aren't able to deposit adequate amounts of calcium into their bones and over time um, this can cause early onset of osteoporosis. We see this in when I was coming to number 33, something called refeeding syndrome. Our electrolytes are very delicate and our body works really hard to keep them in a balance because Things like our sodium and our potassium, they keep our blood volume at the right pressure so we can stand up and sit down without getting dizzy. And our potassium keeps our heart beating at an adequate pace. Now, when we go into an underfed state, these electrolytes can actually drop. And when they drop, the body's so cool. It resources and it figures out, okay, I'm low on these electrolytes. Where can I pull from? And it's going to pull those electrolytes from inside the cells within our body so it'll say okay i'm going to borrow these from the intercell the intracellular spaces pull it back out into the bloodstream so that the body can heart can keep pumping blood volume can be maintained but then if all of a sudden somebody immediately overeats we can see that shift really quickly and this is something called refeeding syndrome where um, then we see a drop in electrolytes so it's this major roller coaster and um, all of this to say under eating is something that is very dangerous and I unfortunately think culturally accepted, um, but there are some pretty severe, not pretty severe, very severe repercussions of going through some of these extreme yo-yo dietings. And guys, I've seen this firsthand. I've seen someone have heart palpitations right in front of me because of these electrolyte shifts. Actually twice. I've had to call 911 twice for this and it's scary. So let's make sure we're eating enough. Number one, so your heart keeps pumping. <laughs> Minor detail. Uh, number two, because you just feel better. We want to keep that metabolism up and we're not bears. We don't need to go into hibernation. Number 34, this is something new in the dietetic world, gut-directed hypnotherapy. Yes, you heard me correctly, gut-directed hypnotherapy. We have found such a strong correlation between mental health and gut health. There's now therapeutic treatments directed at hypnosis and with a goal of calming our brains so we can heal our gut. How cool is that? There's actually quite a bit of research coming out about this. Number 35, weightlifting is associated with a better body image. I could not agree more with this one. And I love this fact. I personally felt it and I have seen it repeatedly in the women I work with. I think this has to do with not so much the changes to the body you feel when you weightlift, but just how empowering it is. I mean, when you can lift, like when I learned how to do a clean and then learned how to do a squat clean and then learn how to do a snatch. I mean, I've only seen that on TV and all of a sudden, you know, here I am mom 36 years old doing snatches like makes me feel good <laughs> I'm doing something really cool with my body so that is something I always recommend for women who struggle with body image is add some weightlifting your bones will also be happy about that <laughs> and then number 36 if you guys know I'm going to end with something on empowered eating I just want to give you guys a list of the benefits of eating in an intuitive manner compared to any diet out there on the market. This was from a review study published last year. People who ate intuitively had better body image, higher quality of life, lower body mass index, less stress and anxiety about food, lower risk of developing an eating disorder. Guys, your body knows what to do. Go figure. <laughs> it is this beautifully designed, intricate machine and Doing what you can to take care of it by listening to it and working with it, girl, it's going to take care of you. And we see that in the research. I see it over and over and over again. 
with the women I work with, and I want to see it in you too. All right, there you have it, 36 of my favorite food and body facts. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for being a part of my birthday celebration. Thank you all for listening. I am here because of you guys, and I am just so humbled by how many of you tune in every week. I love being here. There is nowhere I would rather be than sitting here talking to you all through this mic. It is such an honor and a blessing. I sure hope you guys all have a fabulous day. Double cheers because it's my birthday, (laughs) and happy eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.